I'm a mama. I'm Ryan, and I am not a mama. No, no kids, no family. Just me and my dolls. Me and my perfect collection of silent, beautiful, lifelike women. Wait, do you have a real doll? Oh, or well, a that's, mannequin. That's what's the difference? In America, oh, I think there's a difference. <laughs> in America, what's the difference? In America, you're on your own with your doll. <laughs> uh, and this is Mama Needs a Movie. This is an, uh, an October episode. And, yeah. Uh, we're, we're swerving away hard from scary <laughs> today. Well, unless you're afraid of dolls. I think if you're afraid of dolls, this is a really, truly terrifying that doll comes alive. It is sort of the premise of a horror movie that a doll comes alive, but not horror. Yes, I think there's a there's a horror interpretation of this uh, <laughs> movie, which is you could yeah. go that way. Yeah, I think that we can make the case that this is a that for some people this is a terrifying, an existentially terrifying movie. You know, I heard that years ago about the movie Tron. This is off uh-huh. topic, but they say that Tron was um, for schizophrenics watching Tron. A lot of people said that, uh, people who had schizophrenic experience said that it was very unsettling because it, oh. it, it, it like weirdly replicated a schizophrenic experience uh, of like your environment suddenly changing and reality oh. being. Uh, yeah. Wait, so yeah. schizophrenics have had to deal with every movie being like that now? I mean, pretty much. Yeah, like The Matrix is like a major. I'm sure yeah. it's like a major. Has to be. Everything a, is yeah. a psychotic break. It's yeah. like, yeah, what if the world isn't really the world, you guys? What like, if the uh, world wasn't the world? Um, yeah. And um, mannequin fits in that um, category. <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if? What if department stores were a thing? <laughs> That's the craziest part. <laughs> All right, let's get our let's talk to our guest here. Who yes. today is that? We are so privileged. I feel like this is a this is a, somebody we've always liked, and I'm I'm just like we're on a roll. I'll say this: we are on mm-hmm. a roll we in are terms a roll. of getting our guests. You've seen her on the stage at Second City at UCB. You've seen her on the television show Comedy Bang Bang. This is somebody who every time you see her in something, you go, "There you go, there you go." That's a funny person, and uh, and we're so lucky that she took the time out today. I have to say, I have to mention her her. Uh, greatest role mm-hmm. is that of mother. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk to our guest today, Holly Holly Prasop. <laughs> hi, hi guys! You got it. You got the nod. The greatest role. Wow. Of, yeah. Wow. I, I'll be recast soon, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think you're gonna be replaced? This is just the pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really the is. And they're gonna be like, she was a bit off, and there was no chemistry. Let's get rid of her. <laughs> oh wow! That seems like a, I actually think that seems like a. It would be a fun Black Mirror or something, you know, like just a quick a quick episode about like, nah, sorry, you didn't you didn't do the role as mom correctly or whatever, mm-hmm. like being recast in your family. That would be, yeah, huh? yeah, like a biting satire. Husbands find new wives all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I Wait, like... you're saying it's better as a real thing? <laughs> it's, be- no, I mean, yeah, it's better as an idea to do. <laughs> you could always be recast. That should be going through your mind at every oh turn God. of your life. <laughs> Can you imagine like some creepo rich guy who lives on the top of a mountain 
does say that to his wife. I could recast you at any time. I cast you, I could recast you. <laughs> That's life, baby. And she's like, yes, you're right, I'm sorry. I mean, like I, one of my very closest friends was in the Big Bang pilot. Mm. Oh, wow. But as the Kaylee Cuoco character, like oh, that my. was her. What? And then it felt weird on set and everything got weird. And then they were like, no. And then it got reshot. <gasps> oh and it's like, God. I don't know. I don't know if like, I think she's the best person alive because I would not mentally be able to handle that ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would just cry yeah. all the time forever. <laughs> and people would just be like, what's up with that chick? But she like, you know, she she's like graceful wonderful human and i'm i don't know like i don't know i couldn't handle it wow yeah well you know what i've never watched the show so that's for her <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> that was I, don't a think, bit of I don't think it's for us but i'm not sure who, who it is, is for. it for it's for men <laughs> yeah who are into toys but also from like older, I don't know. It's like my mom got into watching the Charlie Sheen one for a while. What's the, you know, like, I feel oh, like I, two and a half men. Yeah. Like oh, really yeah. got into that one. And I was like, what? Interesting. Yeah. That one yeah. seems like that you're supposed to think one of them's hot. I guess you're supposed to think she's hot on Big Bang Theory. She's the, yeah, she's the babe. I mean, the message of that show is, hey, dorks, you can get a babe. Right, and if you can't, be in yourself. And if she's not hot enough, a recaster, baby. <laughs> recaster! That's right. Yeah. I, I, I Wait, is, is Big Bang Theory just what's happening in Don't Worry, Darling? Oh, well, that's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. 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 Don't, yeah, don't give away. But we already I, I have noticed the, the, I think the rise, <laughs> the success of Big Bang Theory com uh, corresponds directly with the rise of incels in America. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, uh -huh. a, that's a, there's a paper to be written on that subject <laughs> for sure. Yeah, well, wow. the rise of incels, like they haven't been around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I have a theory of, I think I know what who Big Bang Theory is for. It's okay. for parents who are like looking at their kids, their sons, and they're like, uh -huh. this fucking kid is like, what is, what is his problem? Like, how come he's playing with toys and video games and this and that, and he's on me message boards or whatever? And then Big Bang Theory explains what that is with with likable, relatable oh, characters. Oh, like he's, it's okay. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna be all right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's scary to see like it's you're, when you see like a young, especially if you're raising a young boy. I imagine it's kind of scary when they get to be like eighteen and they're you're like, what's is it, what's this? Is this kind of kid gonna you know stab me? You know, and you, you watch Big Bang Theory and you're like, oh no, that's just. <laughs> Is this kid gonna stab me? Yeah, well, I don't have a boy child, so I don't worry about being stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to raise one, so I luckily got a girl. <laughs> I know. It was such a jackpot, wasn't it? It's just like, it, oh, yeah. phew. I don't have to I don't have to do that. I just don't you know what's a funny thing is in Sex and the City. Uh, my favorite show of all time, so best, I'll discuss it for hours. <laughs> best show, but also relevant to this movie a little bit. I don't yes, know why. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's a part in it where Miranda is pregnant and she, she's, somebody observes that she has a tiny penis inside of her, inside yes. of her uterus. And I, somehow that stuck in my mind. And when I got pregnant, I was like, oh my God, what if, what if that's happening to me? <laughs> 
Well, thank God. <laughs> thank God it didn't happen. That's the part of Sex and the City that people talk about, though, right? Yeah, mainly. Okay. Yeah. Miranda's yeah. the main character they talk about. And <laughs> yeah, when she got pregnant with Steve's baby by accident. <laughs> uh-huh, by accident. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, Steve. That's, that's the main uh, driving force of the show. Are you a yeah. fan, Holly, of um, And Just Like That? Mm-hmm. I'm a living out loud fan. I can't. I'll scream it from the rooftops. <laughs> it's everything I want in a television show. Uh-huh. And Depressing, I was... <laughs> weird. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes, like it's it's so, it's so bizarre. I like I weirdly like watched the first episode like right when it came out because I was like home one afternoon and I was like I'm gonna watch it. Uh huh. And it was like before because the first episode got pretty like spoiled for most people oh yeah yeah so i watched it before like spoilers came out and i never liked mr big never was a character i liked Mm. i bawled my eyes out i cried so hard in that first episode it really it touched me very deeply and then the rest of it it was just a crapshoot of what the episodes were going to be like you're (laughs) like like what is this but keep it coming yeah, because it's, it's so maybe there's something sort of like uh interesting um Korean horror movies are so it's like you cannot predict what's going to happen and it makes them very difficult to watch and I think that this <laughs> just like that has the same similar it's just like hey, we're just going to do something random now. <laughs> Well, and like I had the thing where like when they announced it was happening, I was like, man, that is literally my dream show to write on. Like I can't think of a yeah. better show that I would want to write on. And I like, you know, you have this thing as a human where you're like, I bet you they hired all the best people. And look, <laughs> yes. no knock on those people, but there was some interesting things like I just couldn't get over when Che said, I do weed. That I was oh like, my nobody God. at any point was like, no, like I'm that's 42 not a- years old and I know that's not what you say. So yeah, I think that was an interesting element of it. That was yeah. fascinating. I was like, I think this person must be either 80 years old or 10. It really and like <laughs> the reason why I was like a champion for the show, like I would yeah. get into conversations with people. Um, and they would be like shitting on it. And of course, shit yeah, away. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, yeah. it's meant it needs some shit on it. Or pee but. on a bed <laughs> while sex <laughs> yes. is happening oh, yeah. in the other room. Do a job and do a bottle. Yes. <laughs> but there aren't many shows telling like stories about widows or no, like hot widows. The, no, it was the same kind of way that the show was very like progressive and cool when it came out that it was like telling these female stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I read an article that basically said like Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker like wanted to make a show telling these stories, but they figured that the only way that they could tell these stories was with these characters because as you know, everybody in the world is obsessed with something being familiar or something being an Easter egg or something being like... That's old Spider-Man and new Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. I don't understand it, but yeah. that's how they yeah. were able to tell the stories. Oh, I see. So it was a it was a Die Hard three situation where they yes. reverse engineered it. <laughs> I see exactly I see. to be like okay. this is about these four women because if they go in and say Sex in the City, 
the yeah. you know, the new class they you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people perk no, up and go oh okay but like yeah yeah no that so, makes it make a lot more sense like the stuff with with some of the some of the side characters where it's like what why what why all of a sudden do we have these characters because it doesn't really seem them. to relate yeah. what i understood what i gathered from it was that it doesn't relate tremendously to the first run well, of the show I mean, mr I mean, big is very important in the in the show and i also started crying and i hate him fully but i think the reason and i've talked to other people who had the same reaction i think the reason is the idea that you finally find the thing you've been looking for and mm -hmm. it's finally at peace they're finally done i mean obviously he's cheating on her wildly all everywhere but let's pretend that in this right. <laughs> situation <Yes>. they're happy <laughs> and and then that happiness is destroyed is like I think as a concept very very sad yes. even if you hate Mr. Big. Well, and they laid it on thick. They laid it on so They were thick. so happy. Like, yeah, so happy <laughs> that you're like cuz I find that's the weirdest part of like when they were doing the movies is like you never saw them together and happy. No. They never really had that existence. So it was weird when in the movies, especially I think two, it was supposed to be like here we are and we love each other and you're mm -hmm. like well, that's weird. Yeah, as long as we live separately. Two's a fascinating. I've not seen a lot of Sex and the City. I've seen not much of the original show, but for some reason, I saw Sex and the City. Too. Actually, I have a reason why I saw yes, it. Yes, you going know to why. <laughs> <laughs> you know why. Just tell the reason why. <laughs> I was going to the Middle East. I was going to the United Arab Emirates. Oh, research. I see. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> and I was yes. like, let me look at American films. <laughs> yeah, I want to know the rules. So I want to know the rules of the culture. So let me watch. Sex so the then City you, you went to a market and you screamed about condoms. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew and I found that underneath the, the uh, they all wear exciting jewelry or whatever. Oh but um my God. the yes. the oh, uh, that was the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> I had so heard that it was I had heard that it was a kind of <laughs> offensive movie and I was like, well let me hmm. see what the let me hmm. see what an example of let's see what whatever what, I don't know. I wanted to see what it was. But the movie that in the beginning when Mr. Big the part I can't get out of my brain is in the beginning when he's like He's like, remember when we were at the hotel and there was that TV? Well, I got you a present. It's a TV. <laughs> and then she's Ugh. like, a TV? I don't want a TV. Dad, That's not. I don't want a TV. Yeah. It, it's similar like in the first movie, like they're at the party before the wedding and Miranda's like, why would you get married? And Mr. Big's like, yeah, why would we get married? And then like her friend <laughs> saying one small thing to him, like caused him to like not show up to the wedding. And you're just like, what? Yeah, not show up to the wedding also. Like, yeah, you didn't call. You just didn't show up. And then it's like, well, no, he no. did call. Remember, Lily yeah. had her phone. See, you guys. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't right. know why we just didn't all do right. all the Sex and the all City right. movies. All right. You, we, we all forgive men everything. Okay. <laughs> 16 years of being annoying. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, that's the thing. Like, I, I hate Mr. Big, but you put a man on a Peloton and you give him a heart attack. Oh man, he's oh, the best God. man Tears. I've ever heard of. Also, the Tears. most fortuitous. Uh, I Such feel like brilliance. Didn't yeah. it happen like the week he was canceled or the week he was exposed or uh, what's yeah, his name? right uh, after. Yeah, it was like that came out. Then Peloton released that cheeky ad with him in it, and like mm -hmm. everyone was like, "Bravo, Peloton!" And then you're like, "This was all planned." Then right. it came out that he was yucky, and you're like, "Yeah, of course that dude's yucky." Yeah, and then and then everybody was like, I had no idea. Like, really? 
Yeah. You know, but you tolerated it because he was probably just as yucky as all the other guest stars they had. John, not John Slatter, Slattery? Yes, yes. He played I bet the he, peeing. I bet he peeing. wasn't. I bet he's yeah. fine. He's one of the <laughs> rare actors who has his original wife. Okay, respect. He, he has a new cast her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who is in the show as his gross original wife <laughs> in, in um, Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, he's married yeah. to his Mad Men wife? Yeah. Not the young one, like the cool theater actress. Is her name? I'm. I might be wrong, but I think she was also married to George Clooney at some point. She. Uh oh. Was she was married to or somebody? Dated cool. him. It's like he has this. He has someone that George Clooney used to be with. His wife is named Talia Balsam. Yes, yeah. and it was and Talia. Was, yes. yes. And they've been married <laughs> since 1998, and Great. she. Date George Clooney? Let's see. Oh, I mm-hmm. see it. I see it. Yeah, little Clooney. She did. Yep, she dated Clooney mm-hmm. in that long hair, uh, like when he was on Sisters. At, yeah, uh, and then at she's early. like, later. That woman cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so cool that, that he's probably like, gets so much credit from other men about what he must be because of that. <laughs> but he's probably just a cool guy. Who, know. Slattery? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Slattery, so he's the definition of the silver fox. He's our greatest silver fox. (laughs) And he was so good on that show, and he's just like, I just want you to pee on me, and it's and she's so judgmental about it. Yeah, he was pretty. He was a good. They had good guest stars. I like just recently rewatched the Mikhail Baryshnikov season. Oh yeah, yeah. And to that, I was like, I'm I'm a no thank you. Yeah, he wasn't great. But Aiden, we all know. Yeah, should have married Aiden. It's not a really but, an interesting point anymore. <laughs> but it seems like she would have been bored with Aiden. She didn't love him, so it doesn't really matter. But I loved him. Yeah. He oh, made furniture. <laughs> he sold rugs in the bazaar. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was following the rules in Dubai. Am I correct? Yes, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, I'm he just here selling uh, rugs in this uh, bazaar. <laughs> what are you doing here? Behavior after. <laughs> you know what? I think he he's in the, he's in the alternate dimension because the only way that that makes uh, sense that he's there is is the Tron universe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Schizophrenics beware. <laughs> Speaking of alternate dimensions, uh, Holly, you are uh, from Canada. Okay. I guess you can call it an alternate dimension. <laughs> you're from where Ryan Reynolds is from? How you're, is he? Is yes. he nice? You're, you're high in the running for one for for probably one, one of the most beloved Canadians. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, in, no. There. There's so many. <laughs> so many that should come before me. I recently became American also. Oh. What? They lost you? Yeah. Ya? yeah okay. It. It's just, it's weird, like, when you go through customs, like, if you're, they separated me from my family once, and I was like, this, I don't, I, I've got to mm. stick with my family. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. So, yeah. I took the test, I went, and, and became American. So, what do you know about uh, Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was, I was super stressed about the test, and it's a very scary experience, and the main thing that I didn't appreciate is, like, once you go to, like, a ceremony uh-huh. where they basically are like, we don't care where you came from before this, you're American now. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And I, like, broke out into a sweat and was like, did I make, like, the worst mistake of my life? Oh yeah, because you're you're being cleansed of your original nationality. <laughs> exactly. They were like, turn in like they were like turn in your pat your green cards and like you can't travel till you get a passport. Like, 
it's 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 a bizarre thing, but I, I am from Canada and I do like love it. Um, I just don't get to go back there very often. Where so, in Canada are you from? I'm from Toronto. Oh, nice. So big city and um, my parents live in Hawaii. What? Yeah, so I never go back there. It's it's a bummer. Oh well, that's that's. Uh, well, it sounds I, I like wouldn't, not. I, that I wouldn't great. be going back. I would be going to Hawaii. That's where <laughs> yeah. I would be going if I had the choice. Oh no, you have to uh, visit the grandparents <laughs> in Hawaii. How terrible! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Hawaii is great, but I do like you know, I, I don't have that like going home feeling or yeah. anything anymore yeah. for Canada, and that makes me a little bit sad. But yeah, but it's a great place. Like yeah. I was out for dinner with like five Canadians last night and all of them were like, we're thinking of moving back. Oh. Which so now makes a, sense. That seems yeah. to me. Oh no, yeah, totally I don't blame does. them. Totally makes but sense. Yeah. I don't think Canada wants me back is me, my main thing. I think they're like, we're good. You moved away. I think let's keep it this way. We've recast you essentially. Oh, come on. No one's, but who's so, making that decision? Who's standing up there guarding the border? I used to be a real bridge burner. So I feel like when I left, I was like, fuck you. Uh, and then the queen died. That's you? You did that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what will become of the currency and whose pictures on what, but <laughs> they haven't asked me to be on any of the coins or anything. <laughs> it's going to be Meghan Markle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, people, when I talk to people from Canada, they have a sometimes a slightly different experience with media and especially television and stuff. Like, do, do you, are there things where you're like, well, there's this, see, there was this Canadian show or this Canadian thing that maybe you don't yeah. you didn't see that I grew up with, but you, you, you might not know about. Well, that of, was one of the movies I was going to make you force you to watch was The Peanut Butter Solution. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a, a very interesting movie. film. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very yeah. interesting movie. And yeah. like for us was like the main film we saw as children because they were like, well, we only got one. It's called Peanut Butter Solution. And here you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gave us all nightmares. Uh-huh. But we have so much American everything. Like I think obviously we'll talk about it. But like for me, that's why Mannequin was like, like the American department store was really seemed like the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like as a Canadian, a lot of our stuff, I mean, we were talking about it last night. It's like, you know, the radio is mandated to play like a certain percentage of Canadian artists. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, okay. So that like, we're trying to like preserve our culture and not let it become super Americanized. Yeah. But there was a while where there weren't really any good Canadian artists. (laughs) So it's like, you know, we have Alanis Morissette. Great. We've got Shania Twain. And then there was Mm kind of like a long like gap. And like one of the last times I was there, it's like on the radio, it's like Justin Bieber, Drake, Justin Bieber, Drake, Shawn Mendes. Like, so it's like we have Mm -hmm. artists now, but Mm -hmm. it's like there was a long time where there wasn't, you know, it's, it's hard to make it as a Canadian anything, I think. Unless you're an actor who's willing to stop pronouncing words like a Canadian and then pretend yes. to be an American. Well, and move here. Right. Move here. So. Stop being Canadian <laughs> in your set. Yeah. <laughs> like, I once auditioned where I they asked me to use a Canadian accent and I, like, couldn't do it because it's like, I feel like Americans have, like, also an idea of what the Canadian accent yeah. sounds like. So yes. I was like, I'm not, I wasn't, that wasn't for me. 
<laughs> not like, that kind of Canadian. Because <laughs> it kind of felt offensive in a weird way. Yeah, no, I think that happens with people from lots of countries where it's like, hey, look at you're you're from this place. You should sound this way, and maybe you don't. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so it's kind of. I mean, I'm from Southern California, and I don't know. I, I feel like that's not an accent, so I never feel weird. It about is an it. accent. <laughs> that's it really wrong. A, you yeah. know, it just doesn't. It's like it's so. It's like what everyone on television sounds like. I guess that, that's true. Why. So it just doesn't feel like an accent. I'm more av- like after a few months of doing this podcast, I'm really conscious of what my accent is. I, I was one of those guys that's like, I don't really have an accent, and now I listen back and I'm like, I'm not the kind of person that would inflect a like into every other word but every other word is like because i grew Mm -hmm. up in southern california so it's a lot of like you know whatever 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 you know like whatever that's all (laughs) i say that's all i say is whatever you like you know my my stories like my like i that is my one like Mm -hmm. and people are always like what'd you say and it's like i'm like you know what i fucking said dude yeah (laughs) i said sorry I'm going to apologize because I'm a woman, not because I'm Canadian. Exactly, exactly. But it's like, uh, like, that's the one thing people like will catch me. But as far as like Canadian, like I will be talking to Joe and say something and he will just like be like, you know, Joe's my husband anyways, but (laughs) I'll say something to him and he will just like look so confused and I'll realize I've made like a Canadian reference that I don't even Uh, realize is a Canadian reference. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like not a lot of movies and shows I care to shout out because like I feel like there's newer, better stuff. And like, you know, there's like Baron- Baroness Von Sketch, which is like a cool mm-hmm. sketch comedy show. But like mm-hmm. for a long time, it was just kids in the hall, you know, just kids in the well, hall and Alanis Morissette. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you had. That is our culture. That is our culture. <laughs> I tend to, I, maybe I romanticize it because everything I see from, especially comedy wise, everything you get from Canada is great. It's always, it's like SCTV, the greatest, like mm-hmm. uh, Kids in the Hall, the greatest. And then the filmmakers that come out, whether it was Dave Cronenberg or people like that, you're like, Adam wow. They, Adam McGoin, yeah. you're just like, it's always interesting when it's darker than you think it is, like, which is a case with movies where it's like, oh, it's a little darker. Like, I didn't know they got dark in Canada. Then. Oh, it gets <laughs> real dark over there. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, close you know, to the pole, right? <laughs> that's the main misconception is that we're nice all the time. And it's like, it's not true. Mm-hmm. We're quite sarcastic and we're, you know, we're, it's dark. It's a dark place. It's like dark. Like we don't have a Florida or a California as part of our country, mm-hmm. so like oh, yeah. it's yeah. it's all shitty weather. Like Vancouver is nicer, but mm-hmm. it's still cold and rainy and wet. So, like I feel like where the Canadian sense of humor developed was like in the basements of like <laughs> the country. You just like spent like six months of your life every year in someone's basement, like smoking weed and joking around. So then, of course, you had to go to UCB because that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt very, uh, very at home at mm-hmm. UCB, yes. <laughs> it's like it could be a little moldier here, but it's pretty moldy. <laughs> Probably working. Yeah, everywhere, everywhere I performed has a stink to it. And yeah, yeah. I actually now request that if I'm going to perform somewhere. Like, <laughs> is there a stink? <laughs> is there a way where when I take my clothes off and I smell them later, I'm like, whoo, what was that? 
like I'll never forget like uh when we were doing the get-go like Jessica Jardine is like taller she's like much taller than me and like there were two shows where she kept backing into the fly trap like someone would come and kind of be like excuse me and she would go and then like her hair would get caught in like the fly trap that like birds had hung up and she was just like this is the lowest low of my life and I'm telling everyone about it so yeah it is I I think of the number of (laughs) like especially if you're on one of those big shows like it's a sketch show with 20 different performers or whatever how many times you end up at the dumpsters at the very back I'm talking about the LA theater out here oh yeah 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 and you end up rehearsing essentially you're basically in the trash you're basically staying No, you'd be like, hey, meet me. Let's meet by the dumpsters and run our lines. <laughs> meet yeah. by the dumpsters. And you, and you can't go outside because the neighbors, there's an ordinance now or whatever that the neighbors complain. We're not definitely, definitely don't rehearse outside. So you got to stand by those dumpsters. Just be, so you're far away from the stage. Well, because it's too embarrassing to rehearse outside where people yeah. can see you. It's and in okay. The, the green room, Sarah Silverman's in the green room. You can't go in there. So you gotta, oh, well, and I remember like at one time there was like an email that went out about the Oaks where they were like, please stop rehearsing in the Oaks Cafe. People are upset. They don't want to hear your sketches. Stop rehearsing there. And you're just like, like, this is, we're eating an expensive hamburger. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to run my lines and you can't stop me, Oaks Cafe. You know what I mean? We might just be talking and really funny. Okay. Oaks has got to lighten up. That actually is not, I, I think that's, I think that's kind of a fun part of the, uh, neighborhood is yeah people. right I'm never going back there <laughs> <laughs> also ever since I'm uh, the, people call it a neighborhood it's like one block it's like yeah, it's seven bars things. and it's yeah. and then up the hill yeah. are rich people <laughs> <That's Yeah. it>. <laughs> <laughs> like I kept being like this is not a neighborhood like I'm no. sorry <laughs> oh, well no. that Gelson's no. though that Gelson's I will recommend to people if you want to go to the Gelson's on Franklin you will see a famous person oh mm-hmm. yeah wandering around uh, buying stuff and it will not be the person you expect it will just be some famous person mm-hmm. I saw no, Kevin Bacon there yeah see I used to see Jason Lee there all the time remember oh like, yes oh, I used yeah. to see him there all yeah. the time too <laughs> with his kid who was named like Airplane or something mm-hmm, yeah because well, he's Scientology if yes. not in it adjacent I think he's in it yeah or he yeah. was anyway and then it's across the street so you can get a you can get a weird brunch at Scientology Celebrity Center, and then you can go see a show at UCB, uh, which is reopened. I n- I yeah. never did the brunch. Did you guys do the brunch? No, no, never did the brunch. I never did the brunch. Uh, my, m- though, like once or twice, my mom came to see uh, a show that I did, and with my sister, and <laughs> I think like was immediately drawn to that building. <laughs> like I want to know what's in there. And uh-huh. walked in there and um, and said that it was like immediately very friendly, welcoming. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Of I course. think may have done like a an attempt at like, hey, you come over here, you come over here, like a little like you know that classic separation, oh, yeah. thing, which they mm-hmm. that's you know. Whatever. Oh, that's all right. You they know. get along. The, the Scientology gets along fine with UCB, and I know who am I to make. Well, that's, I mean. <laughs> I mean and they, so they, do they, I. They, I get along like a... great with Scientology. <laughs> it's funny to me how many the times. Parking, the parking. They get. The, they have a parking arrangement. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what you meant. Okay. I've been asked if I'm a Scientologist multiple times, and I don't know what that is, but ah. people will be talking about Scientology, and then I just 
I guess I just don't say enough or something. Mm-hmm. I and think then, that's a compliment. They ad- <laughs> they attract attractive people who want to be in the industry. You've made yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You got uh, it yeah, figured out. You have it all figured out. <laughs> I don't know. But it's more clear. like, hey, wait, Anne, are you a Scientologist? It's not like, hey, wow. It's like, hold on. You didn't say enough. Are you Canadian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you hang out with your child, who is three, right? Yeah, three, yeah, three and a half three, ish. Three and a half. Okay. So very close in age to my child. Uh, I'm sure a complete maniac. But oh yeah, <laughs> I have, I have. If you're comfortable telling, I have knowledge that your child has an interesting name story. Yes, yes. She changed her name, her own name, about a year ago from Winnie, which is what we named her, uh-huh. to Sally. Uh-huh. And uh, at this point, I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm just gonna it's roll amazing, with it. Though Great, that's what yeah. she wants to do. Great. Yeah. And I was reading about, um, I just happened upon that after I knew that piece of information that Sigourney Weaver did the same thing. Oh my When she God. was 14, her name is Susan. She's made a good choice. And she read yeah. The Great Gatsby. <laughs> and there's a character named Sigourney and she was like, I want to be Sigourney. And that was it. She's wow. been Sigourney ever since. So it's not wow. a stage name. It's a, it's exactly like your daughter. She was just like, that's me. Well, it's crazy because <laughs> she got it from The Great Gatsby and my kid got it from Cars. <laughs> hey, the movie we Cars. all got it. <laughs> so I guess what the we're basically Gatsby saying. The Great Gatsby of its time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Cars. <laughs> yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how Great Gatsby Part 2 was, but Cars 2 <laughs> was not good. <laughs> How much cars have you seen? If I'm, I mean, have you watched? Oh, I've seen them all a million times. Because I was a nanny before I, you know, I was a nanny like when I first moved to LA and I had, I nannied one little boy who loved cars. So oh. I had seen that movie a million times. Yeah. That's crazy. Then, so how is that? Like, I was also a nanny. How did you feel heading into having a child? Did you think you knew more because of that or no? I think I thought I knew more. And <laughs> yeah. the thing about having a kid is like, it's a great lesson that you don't know anything. Uh-huh. And, you know, like that's, I feel like that's the name thing is that like you have all these expectations of what it's going to be. So it's like, I expected my child to use the name I gave to <laughs> right. her, bestowed upon her. <laughs> Lots of people and, do. <laughs> and yeah. she was like, oh, hell no. If you ask her about it, she says, it's a yucky name. Mm. Oh, wow. So in a weird way, I feel self-conscious. Like, I'm like, is it a yucky name? Like, yeah. like when I told people what her name was, where people were like, that's a yucky name, but don't oh, tell her they that. secretly like, <laughs> oh, wow, why'd she do that? <laughs> so it's like made me question everything I've known. Uh-huh. But isn't that what having a child is all about? No, I think that's totally, that's every single day is, is why have I done the things I've done? Are they all bad things? <laughs> <laughs> and the real answer is because of how you were raised, how your mother raised you mm-hmm. and how you're either trying to do the opposite or I don't know. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, I, I think I'm like, it just the mother daughter relationship, like as much as I didn't, I was really happy to have a girl. I just think it's like 
there's it's so layered it's like very interesting yeah. relationship yeah it's, it can be very fraught and great and i think now that my daughter's just turned four and i sometimes i'm talking to her and i'm just like oh yeah you're irritated by 90 percent of the things that i say just like <laughs> i am by my own mother <laughs> it's so crazy it's so crazy but i also see her needing my attention in this insane level which is like "Uh uh-huh yep the same (laughs) well and like my mom my parents their whole thing was that i was a bad kid oh Mm. i was well you do seem like a bad kid (laughs) yeah you guys can see it (laughs) in those basements (laughs) (laughs) i was i was bad because i really needed something that my parents weren't giving me. So I very I acted out a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know what it was, but it's just like, like what? I, what did you what did you, what was the what was your bits? <laughs> well, I feel like my parents' vibe, and this is all through therapy, is that like my parents' vibe were like, we don't like children. Oh so, okay. great question. Why did you have one? So uh. when I did things that were things that children do my parents were a bit like no thanks <laughs> and yeah yeah <laughs> apparently okay. you can't do that to a child so i i acted out i felt very like confused and was unsure until like in my brain i was like oh i need to act like an adult yeah. and that will resolve the situation so i became like they called a parentified child yes i've heard about this from instagram yes, yes. so it's like Obviously, like some people have it like if your mom's a heroin addict and isn't there at all and you're taking care of your siblings, that is like the most heightened version of a parentified child. Yeah. But for me, I was just told like, don't act like a kid. Like that shit's lame. And I was just like, it was Mm -hmm. hard for me. I didn't relate to other children well. Oh, like like the handshake hello kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what (laughs) films have you guys seen this weekend? You know? Yes. Have you been to the cinema? No. No. (laughs) Like we, okay, you guys are going to have to help me because I have a, my brain fog is that like we saw a movie. It's like Robin Williams is a homeless man. It's like Uh, his most famous. Fisher Fisher King. King. Oh, yes. So during the pandemic, Joe and I watched like older movies trying to like reconnect with our childhood and see like what was important to us. Uh And we watched The Fisher King and I like remember very clearly my parents took me to see it at the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we Googled when it came out and it came out when I was 10 years old. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like not an appropriate film for a 10 year old. But yeah. I remember yeah. liking it and like discussing it with my parents afterwards. This is Holly, this is incredible because I saw the I think I'm a, I think I might be your same age. I saw this movie at, uh, at 11, I think. Um and mm-hmm. it is it sticks in my mind as the most incredible conversation I've ever had after a movie. It was like not only did I love the movie, <laughs> I came home and we had a discussion about it which to this day is the most invigorating discussion I've ever had about a movie. And I for years I thought I when I was 11 I was like, "Oh, every movie's going to be as fun to talk about as The Fisher King." And of course yes. that's not the case. <laughs> well, wow. then have you have you rewatched it? I haven't rewatched it in a while and I'm and I want to look at it again. But, I encourage you to because I was like this movie's dark. Yeah, this been, movie yeah. is probably made a bunch of schizophrenic people feel terrible. Uh, and yeah. yeah. It it isn't a movie for children. No. And no. it 
it's I didn't like it. It you because here's the thing. You know how that movie starts and nobody remembers? With a mass shooting. Yes. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, God. Yeah, that's a part like I didn't remember that. Cause you remember, oh, Robin Williams is like an unhoused person. You know, he is like lost his life, and it's because his wife was killed in a mass shooting in a restaurant. Yeah. What? Yeah, I and did it, not like, either, have this experience. I did not. Like I, he either goes yeah. to the bathroom, like he's not there or something, or oh. he doesn't get shot or something. Yeah. Oh, and that I, makes him crazy? Yes, and jo- uh, oh. Jeff Bridges is like a DJ. He's like kind of a Howard Stern yes. type DJ who, yeah. who is feels guilty because he might have motivated the shooter into doing it. Oh, because the shooter so he calls wrote the Helter Skelter kind of a deal? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like a very dark movie it's really dark and there's a there is a there's a scene that takes place during the shoot it's later in the movie but there's a scene scene that takes place that shows you graphically what happens in the shoot it actually might be the grossest representation of a mass shooting i've ever seen and uh yeah you you were 10 i was 11 (laughs) (laughs) i did not watch it when i was that age but that i agree i would not show i think that's something about showing things to kids is i was watching something and it was very loud and aggressive. And it was my friend was over and was showing this movie. And I was just like, oh, you know what? She's only going to be this this perfect little, little unaffected little creature for so long. Like, she, she has plenty of years to get into the gore and the, like, the rush to show adult stuff to kids. I, I feel... Like, I understand why people do it because they want to share that stuff with their kids. But there's something about, like, you know, I, I guess for me, it's like wait until they need that. They're, they're curious about it because it, it just feels like they're losing but, out on a year of innocence or something. <laughs> it's so hard because, like, here was my thing. Like, we went to go visit Joe's family in um, Pennsylvania last mm-hmm. week. And like one of the toys that they got her was like a little clear backpack full of McDonald's food. Oh, indoctrination. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. So it's like put the (laughs) chicken McNuggets in the container, put the apple pie in the container. And I just kept being like, she doesn't know what that shit is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's unfamiliar with all of this. But I weirdly have more of a problem with that. Yeah. Like Like, making a... Like at Gelson's, have you been to Gelson's and they have that little tiny shopping cart? Yes. Th- I mean, and that it is. it says like future shopper on the little flag. And it's oh, like, there's like something. Ro- that's like a RoboCop joke. That's <laughs> To me, I'm like, oh, this is a very cute cart. But the messaging on it is so horrifying. <laughs> Target did the same thing. And like mom TikTok went off because like you bought it. It was like a little red cart that came yes. with the Starbucks cup uh-huh. that came inside. And you're just like, like, so I don't know, like what's worse <laughs> showing them a mass shooting or getting them hooked on like this happy, disgusting food. Like, like at least the mass shooting is like, this is brutal and violent and terrible, but it's like the McDonald's thing is like, this will bring you joy. Yeah. This will fill the hole in your heart. Yeah. Well, you know who doesn't have a heart? It is just made of, uh, it, it, it has nothing inside, is a mannequin. <laughs> or a dummy, as they refer to her quite often. I in know, dummy. Like, that's not a dummy. We don't, uh, we don't have, that's not what a dummy is. Um, 
So this movie that we're talking about today, Mannequin from 1987, you love, and L- I one of my like favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I would like to know. I watched it in portions on YouTube because that was the only way I could get it. Twenty-one quickly. portions, baby, <laughs> perfectly allotted for snacks. your brain. <laughs> a little I kept bit being like, a little bit "How mannequin. many of these are there? Am I halfway through the movie, or is, how long is this movie?" It's very disorienting because it, it could have been any length, but. Can you tell us why this movie was what you wanted to bring to the table today? This movie, I think, like really speaks to me for a couple of reasons. Uh Like, first of all, like American, like we kind of had like the Hudson's Bay Company as our like main department store. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, with the striped blankets. Yeah. Exactly. Uh And it's like specifically Illustra and like, Prince and Company, the two department stores in there looked like the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. So for me, it was like about 80s fashion. It was like, I remember like Hollywood being funny and like, I remember, for me, it's the montage. There's Uh like the dance montage that like Mm -hmm. will stay with me forever. So, like, so many outfits. <laughs> why aren't we doing more of this in our regular Are you lives? talking about the mid-movie, like, uh, Do You Dream About Me? Uh, yes, montage? yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, where she's like, where does all the music come from? And yeah. then it's just like, you're yeah. off and running. So if I can, like, observe it with adult eyes, it, like, was the extreme capitalistic movie for me. Mm-hmm. It was America, maybe, a little bit. A hundred percent. And, like... This man made the love of his life with his own hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very romantic idea. Very romantic. But made I, her like perfect. Yes. <laughs> I watched it recently during the pandemic with my husband. And Joe like immediately started Googling. Like he's like somebody that's like Googling like why is this movie a movie? Blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Watching yeah. it. <laughs> sort of existential questions. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like a true robot is like, uh-huh. this is a movie. I'm Googling why <laughs> this a movie. So uh-huh. it was like extremely um, tested. So like it was, it's not a mistake of a movie. Like it was focus group tested. Oh, real market like, tested, yeah. Andrew McCarthy yeah. is like an up-and-coming star. They uh-huh. needed, this was for him, this was his movie in a push, and the demo was young women. So uh-huh. they went out of their way to make this a young woman's wet dream. Uh-huh. Good outfits. Which is Not very scary interesting. guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes, and... Like I was very blown away by how young he looks when I watched oh, yeah. it. Super this time. young. Yes. Too young to be with an older mannequin, it felt like. But is she an older mannequin? She seems because Kim Cattrall seems like a woman and he seems like a boy. Yeah, but she always yeah. He was twenty four, she was thirty. So she was yeah. a few years older than him. Like yeah, it, but it's, she it's also not that she doesn't Kim look Cattrall. old. <laughs> yeah. She just looks like a beautiful woman and he looks like a young boy, which is also makes sense for like them that target demographic being girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But so I just loved it. To me, it seemed like everything you'd want in life. Yeah. De- uh, <laughs> <what is that? laughs> Sorry. God. To sleep in a department <sighs> store. Yes. Yes. I think there is that. The, what is that one? The, the, the one where the kids sleep in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It, it's like the idea of going into Royal a place. Tenables? No. A night at the museum. No, 
This is a book. This is a book. <laughs> Guys, there oh. are books. books. Count me out on no the books. Book. Don't yeah. read them. It's yeah. called like a, it's something something. And it's a it's a wonderful career fantasy. opportunities. I saw that. No, Guys it's a book. Sleeps in a Target. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Target. Oh, the dream. Yeah, that. Uh, I think that there's this idea about like going into this world that you really only get to visit. Like if you could live at. Mm-hmm. Disneyland or you could live at a department store like there is that there's just something really fun and exciting about that I mean it is a night at the museum basically with sex yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah so much sex it, but then the sex is like it seems like 90% of the movie they haven't had sex and then when they have that scene where they're in the, the hammock it's like now they've finally had sex but then I was like so they didn't before what was happening that whole they were just like hugging <laughs> Well, I uh, now that I watch it with adult eyes, I mean, let's get into it. Like, yeah, couple of problems. She's doing all the work. He's taking all the credit for it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, she's yeah. a she's an artist <laughs> who's also apparently Egyptian. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, I, I would say that Mannigan has one of the 10 best openings of any movie ever made. <laughs> the opening and is I, insane. I, the opening. I will stand by that. The opening is made with the amount of care of a UCB video. Uh, it really is. It's just like, um, I don't know. We have to have some reason why. It's, it's funny because the setup of the movie, it's like, this is Pygmalion. This is a already a myth. Of mm-hmm. the guy who creates his own, and he falls in love with her, and they live happily ever after. <laughs> but instead of that, they're like, "Nah, nah, 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 nah." We have another version of this where it's 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 a it's an Egyptian woman who's coming down into the the actual body. It just happens to come into the body. It's right? unclear. It's right? like she like. Great feminist bit on the top is that you're like, okay, she doesn't want to marry a man. She wants to right. live this free life. Love that. I'm on board. Yeah. I love this feminist message. You see the cartoon, one of the greatest Very pieces strange. of animation. Great <laughs> opening cartoon so animation. She's like living all these lives, not as a mannequin, I assume. I guess I, so. I assume yeah. she's living throughout time. Yeah. Then when she gets to this time period, she goes into a mannequin. Yeah, oops. An unmade mannequin. This is what's also unclear. Like, yeah. did she just go into wood or plastic or whatever a mannequin's base is? Yeah. yeah. You don't really see her spark into the thing. Like, the first minute that she comes alive is when she comes alive, right? Like, was when she's like, hi, hey. And he's like, whoa, that's it. Well, yeah. he's working at what appears to be the most fun mannequin factory I've ever seen. Everybody <laughs> is great. Yeah. <laughs> having the time of their lives. The idea that there are mannequin artists, I was like, you know, I could watch a whole movie about that. Yeah. Actually. And like, are there like I have a friend who's a sculptor and you know what he did as a day job is he made like prosthetic limbs for people. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know that, but I'm gonna come right out and say the mannequin one does not look like Kim Cattrall. Two, not that great a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. No, like not that great he yeah. supposedly spent weeks on this mannequin. I don't think he's good. Well, that's the whole like, yeah, the premise of it, like being like, I care about my mannequins. And they're like, come on, pal, you got to make these faster. We're supposed to make these yeah. mannequins cheaper and faster. And he's like, but I'm uh, he has an like artist. This, I'm an artist. I really care about the window displays. And then it's yeah. the same thing applies for the window displays, which somehow enchant 
the yeah. entire city, you look at it and you go, well, that's a, a window display. I don't know. I don't. Well, that, they, was, that was kind of referencing something that was that there, there was a guy, Simon Doonan, who is Jonathan Adler's husband, you know, Jonathan Adler of Target. Ooh, no, yes. Well, I, I uh-huh. yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he made these Barney's windows, which were a huge deal. It was like, oh, wow, what's going to be in the Barney's window? And so I think it was kind of drawing on something that at the time would have made sense to people in New York or... Yeah, like now we're like a... First of all, there's no department store. Second of all, no. nobody's walking around. Third of all, a window, who cares? But I think at the time... <laughs> sounds like a terrible world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's at the time that was like a thing of a department store. I remember yeah. we would go downtown in Toronto to see like the Christmas windows. Oh. oh. And they would do yeah. like some sort of try like animatronic something to try and make them better and bigger each year. I feel like that still sort of does happen if you go to the Grove or something. You can see mm-hmm. animatronic stuff. But that's also on people's lawns now. Like houses are doing more window displays. <laughs> than well, and now it was like stores. I guess somebody would walk by and videotape it on their phone and then people would watch it on TikTok. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They wouldn't go. And yeah. camp so, out and be like, ooh, can you see around the, ooh, like all that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a, ah, it's like, it's the best capitalistic movie I've ever seen. It makes me want to buy everything. Her outfits are amazing. As a mall movie, it's a, it's one of the great mall movies, really. It, it really is. And they just, I remember when I first lived here, I lived like beside the Beverly Center. Oh my God. So I, I would go there all the time. And the Beverly Center was like, they didn't really do a true, like I've seen pictures of it from that era and it's crazy, mm-hmm. but it still really felt like that vibe of a mall. And it's like, they just, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Now it's yeah. mannequins with no heads. They have no heads. Oh uh, yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, like a dangly. So if they come to life, they're not even speaking to they, you. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. a horror I mean. movie. That. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this was interesting, too, is that this movie uh, James Spader is in playing a character from over the R- top. Every character is over the something. top. I don't know what he's playing. And this is, yeah. yeah. But him like, and McCarthy are both in Less Than Zero the same year. Yeah. So a, there's a lot of that during this time period because we yes. watched one weekend The Fly, which is uh-huh. Gina Davis and what's his name? Jeff, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, yeah. yes. And then we also watched one of my other favorite movies, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. Oh. Crazy, crazy movie. And that they were shot those in the same year. Yeah. Very, oh, so this is different. kind of a... And this was coming yeah. off of Pretty in Pink. They had been... To, or McCarthy and uh, Spader had been in together. So this was and, a, the second yeah, of three collaborations. Yeah, and then McCarthy was also in Weekend of Bernie's. So someone was like, hey, you know, when I think of the guy who can carry around an inanimate object... <laughs> Yeah. I think you gotta, I have, think a you gotta oh. have a thing or you'll be recast <laughs> like it it was like his performance I just pictured the director on set being like bigger bigger more oh, yeah. more because everybody oh is God. just like at a 10 and I'm gonna be honest those were the movies I should be performing in and they don't make those movies anymore so I think I that's reality shows now. It's like all the ten acting is happening in reality shows, and then all the like subdued natural acting is happening in you know TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like American Gigolo. Ten, Did you check out American Gigolo the show? No. 
Well, this is a tangent, but it's okay. So it's this Paul Schrader movie from the 80s. Richard Gere, he plays a gigolo, which is not really a thing, but let's just pretend it's a thing where it's like he's a hot guy who has sex with rich women who are right. gorgeous, but like five years older than him or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Worst thing. Just slightly older, yeah. <laughs> and then he's involved with the murder and whatever. It's, it's you know, it's California, the glitz and the glamour, and also the evil and the Paul Schrader. It's very Paul Schrader. Uh, so they just redid it as a movie, as a TV show. And the TV show is all about a boy who gets sex trafficked into this world of predatory women. <laughs> and I was like, that's not, I think that's not a thing. And then <laughs> I was Googling it because I'm also a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and I found all these articles that were like, gigolos, okay, male, men who have sex with people for money have sex with men. And why did both of these movies act like that's not part of it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did. They did. They were like, no, no, no. It's just slightly older women. Well, in American Gigolo, when Richard Gere's like, at the end, he's like, oh, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do anything to survive. I'll, I'll, I'll do gay. It's like, <laughs> come on, pal. Like, you were <laughs> Well, that's what happens in Less Than Zero. It, Wait, it's like yeah. the, the worst thing that you can imagine is like. But why are you? But, but what's the connection to your this style of the style well, of I American feel like all the all these movies made something very dark and sinister seem super fun. Yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah. Roxy's weird sexual predator of a coworker. Seems oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a great guy and yeah. I'd love to hang with yeah. him. <laughs> well, yeah. now we're taking that stuff and being like, no, 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 but really, like, if you did this again, it would just be like, let's get into what? Okay, he's sexually harassing her. He really did, like, uh, McCarthy, he really does drop the ball on his girlfriend. So she has yeah. every right to be upset. Yeah. So and he's dating, by the way, a, like a yuppie, <laughs> like some kind of yuppie businesswoman. Yeah. Who's, uh, uh, and and he's embarrassed to bring his bike or his motorbike around. Uh, yeah. And know. she wants him to not They're get not fired all the time. It's like, yeah. <laughs> these are pretty reasonable things you're asking of this guy. Don't get fired all the time and show up when you say... Like I weirdly identify with Roxy the most. Love uh. her outfits. Her is like <laughs> she's so the person. Roomy. I, yeah, really. Love, love it. A bold shoulder is all I could care for. Really, that cool. was something where you could you could do that in the eighties and the nineties, even where it was like you could have a whole movie where no one saw what your body looked like at all. Wonderful. Unacceptable <laughs> these days. Unacceptable. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the main comment would be like, "But what does your body look like?" I can't review but, this movie. I don't know what her butt looks like. <laughs> but so I actually like realize like I love Roxy, but Roxy gets definitely the short end of the stick. She really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. she's kind of in a weird way made to feel bad for wanting to climb the corporate ladder. Oh, totally. Yeah. She totally she's is. sexually harassed. Mm hmm. And she ends up alone because ultimately the men want a wooden woman who doesn't talk. Yeah. And is just wanting to be rescued. Yeah. yeah. And does all yeah. the work and let the man take the credit. Mm. <laughs> like that yeah. was what was unclear because it felt like every time he was falling asleep and she was doing the windows. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was doing. Well, I think they were doing them together. Once he figured out what was happening, I think they were doing them together. But the basic idea of it is that he was he was like a struggling artist who couldn't really get it together to actually yes. do anything. And 
she came in and she was like, okay, I can organize you, which like, I mean, how terrible many, messaging. How many of us have dated someone? I, don't I mean, I'm divorced like, for that very reason. So. Uh, I, need to, I need to find one of these organizer women. I think that's, that would help me out. That would help she my organizes, uh, but then quiet. Right. She's like, well, you're a creative genius. Let me just make you some spreadsheets of what you need to do. And then I won't take any credit and I'll just leave you alone. Well, and I feel like one major aspect that they don't go into at all is like, what is her POV while she's a mannequin? Because she says that she can see him like that night. She can see him when he's there in the rain. Mm. So it's like, is she just like taking it all in as she stands there for like 12 hours? Like it's like that also made me feel bad for her. Well, he's yeah. just that interesting because he's a man. She's Does like, she sleep? Ah. <laughs> yeah, like she she is just waits for the man. Yeah. I well, mean, and she's only she can only move if he's looking at her. <laughs> and if they're alone too, which is a little yeah, psycho. Yeah, but he needs to be looking at her. Yeah, because I don't think that she's. She does. She doesn't become real when he's not around. I don't think only when he rescues her at the end. So again, yeah, like it's it's <laughs> very problematic. There's not. There's nothing non problematic about this movie. Like we can also get into like how many times they use the word fairy, which is like look, yeah, from a different time. Like what I do respect about the character of Hollywood is that like it's a great character and it's very funny. Yeah, it's just like the character is like. This is a gay man. Yeah, but at least he, he exists as a gay man instead of as like, you know, some other stereotype that's it. And, and, and they do treat it at the very beginning. He's like the security guard who says something about Hollywood. And then McCarthy's like, no, I'm not a bigot. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. which, it is, is, it- which is surprising that he's like, no, I'm just not on board with that mm-hmm. just immediately. That like are are the good parts of that movie. And like Hollywood is like, I like how Hollywood, because they need a character to go like, you're making out with mannequins? Don't worry about it. And it's like, <laughs> right. he does yeah. a really good job of yeah. that. Yeah. Grounding it in reality. Yeah, that's but, like, well, other people have criticized me for the things that I do that are natural for me. Yeah. But I suppose <laughs> you might say <laughs> the movie making some kind of equivalency between being gay and being into inanimate objects, they're not really the same. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, yeah, that's inappropriate. If that were to happen today, like, there's, like, that scene at the end where they're, like, listening to him in the bathroom talk yeah. to mm-hmm. the mannequin, and you're kind of yeah. like, yeah. There's also, like, a lot of parts where men are touching panties. Mm-hmm. Like that I'm just like <sighs> just saying yeah. panties. I am just like, don't get that word out of your mouth. <laughs> but that's Oh, you I'll know. say it. I'm reclaiming the word. But oh, why boy. is it? Yeah. I think it's because there's certain I was talking to my friend about this, like there's certain sort of trigger words <laughs> like moist and panties and those sorts of things. And I think that part of it is that they come from the sort of material where it's like, I just feel I like I know that this is there's something a little wrong with this, but it's sort of exciting at the time that you saw it maybe originally. And then later on, it's like, oh, because there was something a little predatory about it. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I feel like we've been kind of like people are like, oh, the word moist is gross. And it's like, you know what? 
is that weird inherent sexism because like you associate the word moist with like yeah. a woman becoming aroused? Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. you yeah. then, man. I'm going to use the word moist every day <laughs> of my life. Yeah, like, come on, I'm- <laughs> man. Moist is, the, moist is life. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? But yeah. like I know a lot of women specifically who panties and moist are like two extreme trigger words. And yeah. I'm kind of like, like, I don't know. I'll track everything back to the to some man telling me not to do it or you know the patriarchy you know what i mean sure. <laughs> to the fisher king i don't know yeah it's like six degrees of like men i can rate it back to like yeah because some man said something that it was yuck and now we all have to do like to that. <laughs> well especially if it was your dad who said it because then woof, okay <laughs> then we're set for life we but, never have to think about it. The guy who directed this movie, I found this very interesting. <laughs> that, was this his only movie ever of his whole life? <laughs> no, he made some, he made some other movies. But this is Michael Gottlieb. Yes, Michael Gottlieb. He taught screenwriting at Art Center. Uh, Art Center, for anyone who's not in LA, is like this this pretty fancy private school. It's in Pasadena. It's like this. Yeah. This like. You know, you can learn graphic design or poetry or like it's pretty fancy. So like I'm I, intrigued. I have a friend he, who went there uh-huh. who like his main thing was that he was going to create a light up on the hill in Pasadena as like some sort of like piece of art. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so like. So maybe this is an art installation movie because if he wanted to do that, like I'm just so curious. How did he explain? He's dead. He died in a motorcycle accident, actually. Wow. A lot of motorcycles in this movie. Yeah. Mm. Unhelmeted. Yeah. Very a lot of stunt doubles. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of very obvious stunt double work. <laughs> maybe I, like, it was the same guy from Terminator 2 that we were talking about a few weeks <laughs> yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you, I don't know if you guys talked about, I was like appalled at like uh, the new Tom Cruise movie when he's, him and his lady are not wearing any helmets on motorcycles. Oh, no. And I'm like, you can't oh, do it now. Yeah, that's not, yeah, no excuse. Yeah, you can if you're Tom Cruise, though, because his head is not made out of the same thing as our heads are made out of. That's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. I do it. I do it for you guys. I do it for the theaters. I do it. I do yeah. it for you, the audience. I I'm sure he has the calculation yeah. where he's like, well, if you, this five, 15 seconds of me not showing my face reduces yeah. the ticket sales yeah. by a certain amount. So he died um, in a motorcycle accident. Okay. He died in a motorcycle accident. Motorcycle, but before yeah. that, when he was teaching screenwriting, and this is the movie that people were watching that he was most famous for, I'm just, I would love to be a fly on the wall and, uh, and know what he said about this movie because I couldn't really find a lot of information about the screenplay. You can't even see the movie unless it's in 21 parts on YouTube. So I feel like he yeah. wasn't saying much about the movie. No, you can buy a Blu-ray of it. It just wasn't going to oh, arrive in time. Yeah. 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 My Blu-ray yeah. player is in the shop right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> shop. <laughs> Ryan, how come you didn't do a Blu-ray review? I couldn't movie? get it in time. I would have. I probably would have got it. By the way, I've seen this movie. I saw this movie this is the kind of movie like from the 80s that i probably saw 10 times in 1988 and Uh haven't watched since so i have a vivid memory and also no memory like i there's things that i remember like in the in the bones and the core of my being but also the plot I couldn't tell you what happens in the plot, you know, uh, and so yeah. a very bizarre experience to watch something like this that you haven't experienced, that you haven't seen in a long time, 
and recon trying to recontextualize everything into a modern perspective. Hollywood being, I think, the main thing. Two things: Spader, because Spader now post sexualized and videotape completely different career path. Yeah, and you, we never got another performance out, out of him like this, which I agree should exist we there should don't need more of this performance <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know i, I liked it i, I loved it <laughs> i completely disagree I, I i love this performance and i think it's great and i think every actor should have a performance every actor should have a broad performance like this on their resume yeah. well uh, here's a couple of thoughts He's too young to play this character. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So they yeah, he's do like the hair. 23 yeah. years of it. Yeah, they yeah. do the hair. And he's like kind of a stud also. Like in the other movies, he's can't like hide it. hunky yeah. a-hole. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's very, very interesting. But like, I don't know. I think it's great. And I think, listen, I love a broad performance. I'm going to be honest. I think I'm reclaiming the word broad also mm -hmm. <laughs> for both as a woman being abroad and abroad performance, any yes. correlation there, do we think? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's bad? It's yeah. bad? Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Bad? Mm. Broad is unsophisticated, dumb, you're saying? <laughs> and yeah. I will say, uh, I did get notes from several improv teachers saying that my performances were too broad. And you know what? That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. I, I got to find a mannequin for me to perform in soon. <laughs> I'm like, well, moist so <laughs> i am all yeah. for this reclamation and you're not the only actor I've, I've talked to that has this i've talked to several comedic actors who have this desire to like that's the style that you like i don't know to me this movie has a weird like element to it where it's not a timeless film it is in no way timeless in no. fact it is marked it <laughs> no. is the marker of its time and it's a very strange movie even for its time but it is a like you need a movie like this to set the mark for yeah. what, well, how, just how broad a movie can you go. You know what I thought about this movie? I thought about it, so, somehow this image came into my head is that you meet someone and you can tell when they got married based on the design of their engagement ring and their wedding ring. Like you can yes. see how old they are, but they could have gotten married five years ago. And But you could tell when they have like this really kind of like gold tangly kind of 80s ring and I was like, yeah, but there's something kind of charming about that, that it sits, it's like marks it as a particular time. It's not trying to be the movie of of all time about malls or something. It's an <laughs> 80s movie. And I think because that's, it, feel, it feels so safe in some weird way to watch. Well, like I will say that this movie, in my opinion, scores well for tone. They uh -huh. like the, the tone is good in the sense that you have some more broad performances and some less broad performances, but it does feel like a tonally all the same. Mm -hmm. And they do a thing of like the soundtrack is really good, like all of the kind of yeah. like music that's like you know, lets you know, like, don't feel too sad, keep it moving, kind <laughs> of yeah. Yeah. music. Whereas, yeah. like, when I feel like they try to do a movie like that now, I feel like it's always off tonally that it feels like you're like, what is the tone? Mm -hmm. Whereas like mannequin is kind of like, get in this hot tub, the temperature is set, relax, enjoy <laughs> right. yourself. Yeah. You don't have to stress too much about what's going on and just live your life. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what, I think that's the point I was trying to make about the American Gigolo is like, 
everything doesn't need to be dismantled into why, like the why of it. Like we don't need to know why he wants to be a sculptor because actually his mom wanted to be a sculptor and she killed herself. And so he's always really struggled with that dream. I think that is almost (laughs) too much in movies now. I agree with you. Yeah, I think it's just, it's it's like some some stories don't need that on it. No, and like it's fun. Like 80s yeah. movies have a vibe of being fluffy fun. And it's like I think that that's – it's hard to do now in a movie because yeah. they wanted to make money. They wanted to like satisfy some sort of algorithm. And this movie was that then. Mm-hmm. They yeah. like – as I said, they tested this in front of a lot of audiences and they were like – they knew what they wanted out of this movie. They wanted yeah. moist girls. Yes. <laughs> they wanted moist panties. I'm so disturbed by that. I just can't help myself. You know what? Uh, I say the moister the better and I'm all in. More moist. and more I like a movie yeah. like Madigan that is, that's cheerful and energetic and of its time. And it's not, I, I can, we, could, we could say, well, this line's not so witty and this per- particular <laughs> performance is a little bit, is, doesn't it really land or whatever. But- Something about this, about rewatching this, really set me off. I was like, I wanted there. There are shots in this movie where I was like, if I like, especially of the mall, where I was like, if I saw this now in a movie, I would call my friends and be like, you got to turn on mannequin. This is the craziest <laughs> shot. You mean of the, a, the hang glider scene? The hang, hang gliding and just just broad, just wide shots of the of racks of clothes and everything. The, the style is so. Oh, it's not a, I'm shopping while I'm watching the movie. I'm going what I wouldn't give for that. What I wouldn't give for yeah. that. Like that's the other yeah. genius part of it. They're literally yeah. letting you shop while you watch a movie. Uh, yeah. My dream. Yeah, I thought it's like that, a home shopping club uh, movie. <laughs> that suit that she's wearing—that's oh, like a movie. like a floral one piece. It's like at what point she has so many belts. Oh, but this—the part where she's uh the um cycling mannequin. Oh yeah, great. Want that? So, Die for it. <laughs> just so nice. So nice. I mean, the fur coat scene for me is like I think that formed my entire that's what i think sex is and <laughs> i don't know oh, oh, oh when she shows her when she reveals herself yes, yeah yes, and he's reading the yes. newspaper i'm like i think yeah. that formed my entire sexual identity so there you go yeah big moment yeah, that's bored, a, big, that was a big moment a man who's barely tolerating you <laughs> while you're, you're like oh I'm my talking, god but the only way to get you to listen is by showing you my game oh my god you've hit the You've, we've just opened, we've unlocked a new part of Holly. So, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I I mean, I should be paying you guys for this. Wow. Okay, yeah. I think is, barely being tolerated is, is definitely a thing in, it's such a thing in movies. It is such a thing. Yes, yes. We were talking about this last night about how the aloof man is sometimes in a weird way like the most attractive thing to women. Yeah, I think that's why that thing about like, oh, you you put on a wedding ring and women are all over you. It's like, no, probably you just don't seem interested and they're trained to find that fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's very intense. Yeah, I don't wow. know. I don't know. Uh... I don't know. I don't you know. You should try it. Yeah, you gotta be know. more aloof. <laughs> Look, uh, he's gonna be more aloof. Know, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm more interested. Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna sit back here. I'm just gonna, uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Me? Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
sort of far away from the mic, you know. I don't even care. Wow, he's barely making eye contact with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm even going to look at the Zoom. I'm going to do some. I'll, I'll come back later, guys. Um, oh, See, it's working for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Great. Wearing um, sunglasses indoors. So, speaking of sunglasses indoors, Hollywood, I did want to say about In Defense of Hollywood, Meshach Taylor, who yeah. uh, was, I did, I recently came to, now deceased, died a few years ago at oh, 67. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah. I listened to the commentary track of the movie House of Games, the David Mamet movie. Mm. And Mamet goes out of his way on that commentary to because to, Meshach Taylor has a small role in that movie. He, he says, uh, this is an actor, Meshach Taylor, who's a wonderful, incredible, versatile actor. And we know him primarily from Designing Women. He had a role on Designing Women. And he's that. awesome, like awesome, awesome. Designing incredible women. on Designing Women. Yeah. And he says, it's a little bit unfortunate. I think maybe what he was kind of getting at was it's a little unfortunate that he's primarily associated with Designing Women because he, he you know, very talented actor in other, in other ways. Um, and this performance, I... If someone made the case that it was buffoonery, or someone made the case that it was something that it was a, a gay ca- caricature or whatever, I fully understand that case. I yes, will it also is. say, yes, it's a, you'll make the case. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's also but, great. But I would, what I would also say is, I was eight years old. I had barely seen a gay character in a movie, and I had and a and a black gay character never. I don't. I can't think of another one that that I had seen by at that young of an age. So. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what this. I and it's not a negative character. It's not. A, it's ultimately ends up being a, a, a heroic character in the story. I don't know if this is a if if this character should be reevaluated through. I don't know if we should put Hollywood through the twenty twenty two lens of uh, of um, you know of uh, well, it's got a lot of problems. It does have some problems, but it, but I agree with you. I think that like in a weird way like you're on hollywood side hollywood's mm-hmm. on the good the good team and is you know helping <laughs> the mannequin and the man fall in love and yeah. i think like the buffoon is like a staple of comedy yeah yes. you know like that's like commedia dell'arte or whatever you know that's that's comedy so it's like i don't ever feel like i'm laughing at hollywood yeah, and I see, and I see elements in this performance that later on Nathan, like in the uh, Nathan Lane, does in the Birdcage. Like, and there's a, and they don't fulfill it, but there's a great moment where he's like, I have a. He takes off his clothes and he's wearing a suit, and he's like, I'm gonna go in there into the oh, boardroom yeah. and do the <laughs> argument or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, the, the moments that still made me laugh in this, and and uh, and uh, I think yes, there's that. I don't know. I'm not equipped. Three, three white people are not equipped to talk I about know. this, but, but but I'm also like I'm also like you're gonna you're you're saying like don't look silly, don't look silly, like don't look silly, like that's that's what are you talking about? Like a, a character looking silly is a bad thing. I don't know. I sometimes get well, especially for kids. Yeah. It was you know that's what made it fun. There was yeah. an air of fun to it. It is they like the word fairy is really hard, but that's never like. I don't know. He, it's never in front of him, like which is worse. I just, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. better or worse. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's a comedic character send up of somebody in a weird way that they're like this. You know, who would be a crazy person who works in fashion and does like the window displays? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. You couldn't. Hollywood could not exist in today's world. 
no, but then um, uh, Titus Andromedon exists on Kimmy Schmidt, who is, a, I think, a sort of a similar character and is played yes. by a real gay person. But for some reason, that character... Both of these give me the same sort of feeling of like, I, yeah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. like, like it's not really my place to criticize that because it's kind of like how I'm taking, I guess, in terms of showing this movie to my kid. Yes, that's let's, what I yes, was thinking. Let's get into like, it. I was like, I don't think it's particularly, there's not, there's no content and it. it's like, oh my God, this would traumatize her. But in terms of like, <laughs> sort of what, the hierarchy of people that they're showing me is that there's this guy and he's the best and then there's a woman that looks to him as being amazing all the time and then there's a woman who wants some things and she's bad for wanting things and then there's this black gay character who's ridiculous and insecure and I guess that's <laughs> and there's something like, neg- there's a little bit of darkness with whoever his boyfriend is right who mm-hmm. doesn't maybe doesn't really doesn't really like him that much or something or other but basically playing with a lot of woman things that are like oh I'm fat I have cellulite I have that and it's like these are sort of tropes of of a woman who's insecure with her husband who doesn't like her and I guess that stuff I was I was Thinking like, oh, yeah, I guess I could show her this, but again, it's like, oh, but you don't have to know that we actually look down on women and gay people and black people yet. Like, you don't have to know that yet. Like, if I can be honest, <laughs> I would rather show my kid this movie than The Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast. Oh, but those wow. are also horrible. <laughs> I'm gonna. This to me is. I like, guess he's not actively abusing her. Yes, that's much better. A, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's like, like, oh no, but he's gonna actually kill you and eat you unless you show him uh, what. That you're sweet and then he'll stop. Like, yeah, those movies, you'll lose your legs for your boyfriend. Those are horrible. And I haven't showed her those either for the same reason. Oh, my kid's seen them. She doesn't get it. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) She's out to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, that's the other thing. It's like, I didn't get any of it when I watched Mannequin whenever it came out. I had the best time. I thought it was the best movie ever made. Yes, but didn't you maybe a little? That's what I'm thinking is like, you maybe you didn't consciously get it. But all of the messaging that we get in movies, I grew up with a lot of really old movies. So it was like, you have to be the pretty girl who mm-hmm. waits for the guy. You're not the go-getter. You're the pretty girl that waits for the guy. Unless you're Joan Crawford and then you're a social climbing a terrifying bitch who we love but is also dangerous and might kill you and stuff. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like maybe it maybe it's So which matter. one did you become? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll never tell. Which path did you choose? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I do own a bank, so mm-hmm. uh, I think you know. I I do feel like I was like what the term, and I feel like there needs to be a better term for this, but like I was boy crazy. Like my kid is just like Sally's three and a half and I see her in two boys already and it terrifies me. Yeah. Where she's like in a swimming pool being like, hello boys. And I'm like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Your child sounds amazing. <laughs> She's fine. It's like, I'm like, now I'm like, oh my God. So like, I was very boy crazy. So did mannequin make me boy crazy? Did I think that I should pursue a man and let, I mean, maybe those are messages that I received, but if I'm not getting it from mannequin, I'm going to get it from something else. It's like, exactly. it's so impossible yes. to control. Yes. And yeah. like, yes, I feel like the one thing we can all agree on is like Fisher King is not a movie for kids. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I think Ryan thinks that it is a movie for kids. I, I, I just think it's for an interesting, for, as an, I don't know. For I don't, interesting kids. Is that what comes you just up, said? <laughs> It's a, for smart kids. If you're smart enough for it. Yeah. I, if you're smart enough, wise enough, cool this enough, comes up adultified old, enough. Yeah. Nobody wanted, like, I understand it started a conversation with you and your family but when I brought it up at school on Monday morning it was not generating a lot of conversations <laughs> for me <laughs> like sure. a lot of worried faces mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. who saw Fisher King this weekend just came out it's like <laughs> nobody <laughs> I know but like a lot of good stuff is not wouldn't I I, I don't know we uh, we've had this conversation a couple times on the show where it's like I think I land more on the side. We had it with Jean Villapic about the piano, where I was like, "Oh yeah, the piano, I saw that movie. Yes. The piano is rules. The piano is a great movie." Now, if a tit, I saw that movie when I was thirteen years old. I'd say yeah. I don't feel traumatized by the piano. I feel like it explained. A, it, it showed me a little it bit about. It showed you normal sexual behavior. It showed yes. me. It showed me <laughs> and sexual- the beautiful artistry of playing the piano. <laughs> That's but mainly I, what. Mainly what yeah. I got is I was like, I like mud. Mud. This movie's about mud. Oh, so much mud. Like, again, I haven't seen that movie in years and years, but it stayed with me. Is that a bad thing? Like, I just was, I just listened to Selma Blair's book, um, her memoir, and Mm -hmm. she has like a story about like an American werewolf in Paris, I think being like a traumatizing movie for her Uh as a child. Uh-huh. Like where she saw like dead people and made her question death and oh. what is death and like stayed with her for a long time. And I think that's like, it's going to happen. Right. And you don't know, you cannot predict what the thing is where you say something offhand and then your kid is like, oh, that's the truth. That's the the truth of it. And then and it's so, not. It's like, wait, you're going to drive yourself crazy being, you <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. I also feel like, you know, we showed Sally turning red because like I'm from Toronto. Uh That's like a I was like so excited when it came out. And like that movie is too old for her. It's about like the coming of age of a teenager. And like it's funny because she kind of has like watched a different movie than I did. Yeah. Because like for her, it's just very simply about a girl who keeps turning into a panda and like, whoa, (laughs) you know. And so it's like also like it's what you take from it yeah yeah Yeah. i think i just maybe people think that the tv like affects so movies and tv affects so much and i'm like i just don't think it affects all that much i think you can see a lot of things you're gonna see you're you are you live in america you're gonna see a million hours of movies and television in your life and it's probably if something's really gonna mess you up it's gonna be probably something that your parents tell you to your face or definitely your your actual life experiences but i do think i'm i guess it just i do think it matters i i i think it's partially just the sadness of of living in america of being like yeah. oh man like it's not really the biggest problem to show her a school shooting movie or a 
you know, well, mass I'm not shooting. Saying a it's mass the, shooting that stuff movie. happens, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's yeah. the the actual no, but the sad thing is that it happens. It's not like the content would be meaningless without the reality behind it. Mm. Well, and when the Fisher King ha- came out, it didn't happen. Like yeah, that scene yeah. the mass shooting yeah. is so insane because it didn't happen. I yeah. mean, it's sadder now that we're like, oh yeah, one of these, like I think, like, look, my mom didn't let me watch the Flintstones as a child. Uh-huh. Because, because they didn't have a bottom on their car? <laughs> yeah, she's concerned about <laughs> automobile safety. No, because Fred was mean to Wilma. Oh, oh. okay. But yeah. it's like, I don't know if it, you know what I mean? So I would sneak across so the street every other and movie. watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, right, right, it's right. also just like, yeah, I mean, I do have a problem with violence. I feel like when you go to the movies and every single movie is like shooting and guns and that to me is more yeah. of a concern. That's or like true, when yeah. we're watching like a sports game and like a UFC commercial comes on, I feel weird about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of just the intense violence. But like, I don't know. Something's going to mess the kids up. Something along the way, guys. I don't yes. know. Yeah. Again. <laughs> That's true. And my, and my therapist, Raquel, she pointed out. Oh, that, she's good. Yeah, she's good. Have you heard of Raquel? She's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> she pointed out something that I found helpful was like, if you're watching something and you do think that there's some content in there that you don't agree with. It's not that you can't show it to your kid. It's that you just have the conversation about it. Mm-hmm. You don't just plop them in front of the TV and leave the room. You go like, hey, some of these ideas are older ideas. That's not really real. That's really not something that you need to do as a person or, you know, this person's being mean or whatever. Whatever it is you want to say, you can engage with the material in the way that you're comfortable with without just throwing out everything that wasn't made, you know, last year and edited yes. <laughs> like i specifically talked to sally after beauty and the beast and she was very young so i was like just promise me you won't marry a beast like, <laughs> just promise me <laughs> just she's like not i a don't beast. know <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just it's so hard but i do i like the spirit of mannequin i feel yeah. like the spirit of it is fun yeah, it's not getting into all this stuff. It seriously isn't getting into all this stuff. And I think that as a person who's watching a lot of newer stuff, there is something peaceful about watching a movie that doesn't go any deeper than what it is. And I don't, I, I, do, I don't know that that genre is very prevalent right now. Like everything no. is like 16 layers or it's a reality show, which is fake or... It's just, it's not really a particularly happening genre right now. I, I want to bring it back. And I think you totally mm. could, though, because I think people <laughs> yeah. want it. I do think people want it and find them soothing, and then they go back and watch The Office or something because they're looking for something soothing. Yeah. yeah. And um, like, yeah. The fact that they got married at the department store window at the end, guys. Yeah. And that Hollywood officiates. <laughs> the officiates. Know. And, and like movie, one of the best songs ever plays. It's you like, got Jefferson Starship there. The movie ends on a very awkward freeze frame where I feel like they're both squinting. They're not. It's yeah. not a great freeze frame. But 
No, and it's but, spent also right before you get there. There's a long time spent on the business of a janitor you've never met. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, huh, interesting. Yeah. We're going to yeah. stay on him for a while. Okay. Well, he likes, he, he's, he's, he thinks that the mannequin's real. Now he wants yeah. his own mannequin, you know. Every um, man yeah. wants a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's hear a, a, an assessment. I think, I don't think this is going to be a terribly uh, traumatic or controversial movie, but, uh, but what's the mama panic attack uh, take on this? All right. Well, I'll go first, and then uh, Holly, you can go with the with the real rating. I would say this is. Uh, I would give this a G uh, okay. for pure fantasy and amiable romance. What is the scale? I mean, I'm giving it an A plus, guys. <laughs> no, the scale. This is the scale where it's like, like okay. when you're talking about the movie. If you were talking about it in regular MPA terms, it would be like, oh, it has sex, it has violence, and it's an R rating. For this, it's like, as a parent watching it, was there anything in it where, you know, like a child gets kidnapped, oop, it's an R, even though there's there's no violence or there's no, it's like that would trigger that, oh my God, as a parent, this bothers me. So this movie, you would rate on a G to NC-17 of how yeah, much- Yeah, it's a G. Yeah. It's good for yeah. everyone, yeah. man. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Also, I would I like long to watch things through the eyes of somebody at the time when it came out. Yeah. And it's like I think our kids are as close to that as possible. Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Like my kid thinks Target is magic. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, like that's because of the indoctrination. <laughs> Wait till you see Illustra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I would I think like if they were like we're recreating like you can go like the hollow deck. Let's say I'm gonna yeah. get real nerdy for a second oh, here. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> they they come knock on your door and they're like, "What's your dream hollow deck experience?" Like for uh -huh. me, it might just be to walk <laughs> through the aisles of Illustra and uh -huh. shop. I think that's a brilliant idea. I really think that if you did, wow. if you had a VR headset that was walking through the movie Mannequin, so many pe people who are like. Uh, my husband who ignores me has this headset, blah, blah, blah. You know, they'd be like, I want one. I want to get one for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they would. Like it is just, there's just something about like that sparkly tinsel kind of and the pink lettering that like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I want to be inside of it. Yeah. It is. I think it, it is. It, <laughs> Put me inside. Uh, I, I'm always astounded if you watch like a movie from 1987. You can watch one movie from 1987 that is where aesthetically nothing has changed or they've done a very good job at keeping everything right. And then another movie from 1987 where everything is different and of its time. And I think we tend to favor the films that where ev where they age well. We say they age well. None of the haircuts yeah. are off. None of the, oh, we don't have to look at a mullet or we don't have to look at this or feathered hair. Oh, or we don't have like to this. look at anything. I mean, this movie, I think yeah. it ages well costume wise that these are all costumes you would put on someone who was playing a character in the 80s. I think uh, you Did would. you notice? It's a very bold choice, but Andrew McCarthy's character is wearing bowling shoes in every yes. single scene yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Was that a I thing? I think it's like because he's a quirky artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he a, is the manic pixie dream man. <laughs> he is, yeah. 
He yeah, is really the, uh, is. <laughs> he is. He's like, uh, I, I thought uh, my memory of the movie was that he was just like a hapless. I thought he like worked in the department store or something. I didn't, I forgot that he was like a sculptor. And I realized like watching it, I'm like, oh, this movie is about a psycho. It's about like a real, it's like the modern equivalent would be a guy that collects real dolls, mm-hmm. which we've all wow. seen the documentary about <laughs> yeah. the guy that like has the real dolls. And then the, mm-hmm. the best, the best real doll film is not the Brian gosling movie it's the documentary where the guy yeah is dating a woman and has the real dolls and then she comes over to his house for his birthday and it's like a week they're under the bed that's the thing that's (laughs) the thing i'm talking about that's exactly what it is okay you watch lars and the real girl and it's like this is just a movie he's a little bit sad it's fine he's not weird we're gonna fix him now he's gonna date a normal person end of story that documentary is like what every piece of entertainment is the last year or so. It's like, yeah. no, don't tell me that he's traumatized and he can't leave his his mom's room and he can't throw away the trash from where she died. And, mm-hmm. and that's why he has dolls. And it's like, just give me, I guess it's just the pandemic. It's just like, just give me. Give me man again. Well, the psychological reality of everything is too, it's too harsh. It's like, it's like, why even make a fucking movie if you're going to just present the cycle, the start, like the, 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 uh, DSM case report of the, of the, of whatever the psychological. I mean, I love that stuff. I just want breaks. I love that stuff because sometimes it's like, oh, wow, this is a, this is, this is getting at something that I can relate to, or this is something, Uh it's it's exercising something interesting, but not everything has to be that. I like really feel like I like was only murder podcasts and like you know when like Dahmer (laughs) came out on Netflix I like started it and watched five minutes and was like you know what I think I'm good yeah Yeah. I'm okay and it's like I that's another weird thing about women by the way because like murder stuff is very uh, high interest level of for women yeah because we've got to know what's coming for us eventually so (laughs) crazy (laughs) we want to know and I'm sorry to generalize, what man is coming for yeah. us? <laughs> what does he look like? Why did he do it? Well, like that Dahmer show came out and it's like a retread of every single other Dahmer thing. And it's like the biggest show on Netflix with no advertising because it's about his parents trying to figure out why he's like that. And it's like, we're never going to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, never going to know. But um, like, you can't protect yourself from him. Okay. Yeah. You can't. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> But you can if you go inside no. and you just watch Mannequin at home. Yeah, no. or you go to the Illustria in your mind. And you just <laughs> you go to Holl- bye, bye, bye. Illustria. Um, yes, you just you just go you go to the Tron place in your head. Uh, you just disappear from this reality, and you're okay. Um, I'm loath for us to to wrap this up, but let's uh <laughs> let's uh get our final ratings on this movie. Uh, we'll rate the movie on something specific to the movie, and uh, uh we'll go first, and Holly, you'll go last, and your rating Great. will be the official the real rating. rating. Okay, uh, yeah. really. Not only as the guest, but also as the expert on this film. Yes, and also for all time, every 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 media outlet has to acknowledge your rating. Uh, from I'm hoping uh, to yeah. speak at universities and colleges about this movie. You so, want to teach at Art Center yeah, about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so something. Uh, uh, what is it going to be on a, on a scale from uh, zero out to four somethings? 
Uh, you got we have fur coats we have i feel yeah. like this movie all this movie is is items Sun, like uh cool sunglasses there's you got hollywood sunglasses we got moist got, panties also you got moist pan- don't forget I mean, moist, pan- <laughs> moist panties is kind of what we boxy jackets <laughs> impossibly large apartments he's got oh he does apartment. he does have an impossibly large apartment uh hang gliders inside of a department store yeah we could go we could well, we can do, might as well do that if, if unless someone feels strongly uh, go for it. You go first. You're a man. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll stay silent and frozen up here. <laughs> Until really, you look at us like, and let us have an opinion. Like, how will I? How will I change my opinion on the, this, this? Well, uh, let me accommodate that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I already said sort of what I think about the movie is: I, is this a particularly witty movie? No. Is it a particularly? Uh, is it? Uh, beautifully made no but it has it has this it had this hold on me while i was watching it in that it was so cheerful which is of which just felt to me so uh i felt deprived of cheerfulness in my life in entertainment uh the movie is a almost bizarre nonsensical string of chase scenes there's so many chase scenes in this movie where you don't. I don't even know what they're running from or away <laughs> from. It's just, it's just G. W. Bailey who was in the all the uh, uh, police academy movies also as the security guard chasing Andrew McCarthy around the mall. That's about ninety percent of the movie. Yeah. But I think this movie, if you've never seen it, I think it's worth checking out for James for a bizarre once in a lifetime James Spader performance for Hollywood. Uh, Meshach Taylor, rest in peace, and for Kim Cattrall, who I've always liked. And I think is uh, I think is maybe a little bit um, plagued by the Sex and the City persona or whatever of being difficult. And I've always just thought she's a very but is she difficult person. or is she just a lady who disagreed about something? I don't know. That's <laughs> like, what the, that's what the, the you never the, the, know. The media I mean, rap is. Yeah. In a weird way, she sold that she's a wooden woman. I mean, she does a great yeah. job. We didn't yeah. even talk about it, but like, yeah, uh, to play a wooden woman, uh, I guess, is the ultimate dream. Yeah, yeah, I think she does. I think she fulfills this part well and i it's it's such she didn't yeah i i i don't know i don't i don't watch a ton of sex in the city so i don't i can't speak to to that but i i can speak to i liked her in this movie uh so for me it's a it's uh, flaws and all but it's uh, to me it's a three out of four uh, hang gliders in a mall hang gliders no. in the mall no. i thought i i thought kim cattrall in this it's she's 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 just exactly as good as she is on sex in the city she is she's very consistent with her fancy sort of like kind of fancy lady talking and uh and this is <laughs> this is very forward of me for a uh, feminist uh but she's really pretty in this movie <laughs> she's so pretty it's like gosh she's so pretty and her makeup is done so so pretty it's like yeah she's just pretty like she's just very pretty it's not <laughs> no one's performance is that amazing in this movie <laughs> um but she she does look like a mannequin it's great um Watching this in 21 pieces was probably not the best. <laughs> I disagree, <laughs> but <laughs> little bites. It's like a bunch of little appetizers. Little, <laughs> tiny little snacks. You know where you're like, I'm just going to eat one piece of candy and then you eat the whole bag. It's like that. You eat 21. Mm, you eat all the chips. Um, it It is a, a very charming kind of movie that reminds me of a 30s screwball comedy. If instead of a talkie, it was, it was mostly chase scenes. It does have some commonality, I think, with like some Blake Edwards movies that are all about chasing and running around and being goofy. Um, and it's just it's just a it's just a fun, ridiculous movie that uh, we are actually, I think, 
over over smarting ourselves. <laughs> That's the no. way to put it. Like I think I'm I'm hyper uh thinky about things and I think this is a movie don't be hyper thinky about it. Just watch it, enjoy it. Be like, wow, these people are all young and gorgeous and this movie's fun and it's got cool music and great trying on clothes montage. Ugh. And uh, you know, just go for it. I would say like <laughs> I did find myself getting wildly distracted a lot. Um, so I would give it more like two and a half uh, hang gliders <laughs> in the mall. Because I don't have that association with the mall or the 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 80s really. I, I, uh, but but I, I do think it's charming and worth looking at. Okay. Sorry, okay. Holly. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Sorry. I'm apologizing. <laughs> like a like a woman you that's that's yes, how you I'm should sorry. Do. Did you have an opinion? <laughs> I'm sorry. I would argue that this movie is a woman. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because <laughs> this is a woman. Yes. <laughs> this movie is a woman. Because okay. as a woman, we are told to be cheerful, mm-hmm. happy, not mm-hmm. too deep. Don't smile more. Don't, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Look good. Bring bring the energy in and have a <laughs> have a few laughs. Uh-huh. So for me, I- I'm not gonna give a woman a bad rating because oh yes, bold because <laughs> <laughs> I love all women. But uh-huh. the the thing about this movie is it it meant a lot to me as a child, and I can watch it now and be like some icky parts, but like. I just watched Licorice Pizza, like some icky parts in that movie mm. and it was just made and I get it was supposed to be a long time ago, but it's like, no. If you watch Mannequin with your 80s Hollywood style sunglasses on, you enjoy every second of it. Uh-huh. And <laughs> it is it is a movie that is just meant to comfort you and feel good and remind you that if you have a problem, go out to the mall and spend some money. That'll yeah. help. <laughs> and, and I can't, that's a great form of therapy. I can't say anything wrong about that. So for me, it's going to be four hang gliders in a mall out of four hang gliders. <laughs> beginning to end, no notes, wonderful movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brilliant. fair. Brilliant. Bear. Oh, see, I wish now this is where you'd want the Starship song to come in. This is where you'd want. <laughs> yeah. this is, yes. Uh, and freeze. Yes. I'm really sad that I didn't use that song at my wedding. So, <laughs> yeah, missed opportunity to stand perfectly still while he carries you around. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's a good lesson for all women to, you know, freeze more silence mm-hmm. more you know listen let more the men, yeah, yeah do the work and let the man take the credit and that you know what i mean those yeah. are yeah. those are lessons that can be learned throughout time yeah those are healthy lessons but i want to start with this then get into give up your legs or give up your voice for legs so that you yes. can so that you can have sex i think i think that's why she wants legs Okay, so that yeah. you, in the end, marry an abusive beast. <laughs> <laughs> Da-da-da. Yes, yes, yes. I think that he was nice to her. He was like, can you mannequin yourself for a minute because I'm getting yeah. tired of you talking. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Did they have half mannequin, half person babies, do you think? These are all great questions. I know. That's oh, oh, that's, I'm pretty yeah. sure they didn't get into that in Mannequin 2 on the move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a different 
I think it's like a different mannequin and a different man who appreciates yeah, a woman yeah. who can freeze and be silent. They're I half Egyptian, think... these children. That's uh, what we, yeah. That's what <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. You're right. Oh that is God. what that is. I don't know. I think this is a movie you got to write then. Yeah, you might have to write the the actual mannequin sequel. Um, and you're the person to do it, Holly. Uh, uh, Thanks, I'll uh, get on it. This is, a, this, is a, this is was more fun to talk about than it had any any right to be. Uh, and and thank you for joining us uh, uh, here today thank and taking time me. out of your very uh, very busy life and uh, to talk about some. Really silly, a really silly movie. A here. very uh, silly uh, movie. Uh, if people want to find you, if, if people are interested, if people listen to this and they say, I like her, I want to check her out, is there is a place they should go or should they leave you alone? Yeah, you know, I'm a mannequin when I'm not doing this. <laughs> when we press stop, I'm going to freeze and be quiet. Oh, thank God. Like you. No, I mean, I never post anything. Listen, I'm trying to figure out what makes this world funny anymore. And now mm -hmm. maybe Mannequin has given me a little bit of insight into what the world needs now, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the world needs now. Yeah. I agree. I'm on I'm 100% on board with this like let's it's just uh, let's have a little fun for for once in this life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. While we're still here. I did hear a thing on NPR where there was a girl and she was talking about the future and she said, "You know, I'm not going to save money." I'm not going to worry about my career. I'm just going to kick back and vibe. That was her plan <laughs> because of climate change and the economy. She was like, I'm just going to kick back and vibe. So I think you if go. you want to kick back and vibe, hey, that's what I'll be over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us on this show. Uh, if you want to follow this show, it's Mama Pod on Twitter. Uh, Mama needs a movie uh, pod on Instagram. On Instagram, Mama, yeah. Uh, uh, write a review. Give us a like on iTunes. Wherever. Yeah. Comment anywhere. Talk to your friend about us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell your kids. And we'll be back next week. Bye.